1: Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America
0: and a member FDIC.
1: This is Greg Olson, inviting you to check out my new Blue Wire podcast, TE1, where I interview tight ends throughout the history of the NFL who have helped revolutionize the position. TE1 is presented by the Chevy Silverado. The Silverado is all about grit. It's strong and dependable, exactly like playing tight end. Just like the incredible players we sit down with on the podcast, the Chevy Silverado is in a league of its own. Strong, advanced, and dependable. Download TE1 today, wherever you listen to podcasts. Bulls fans, welcome to another episode of Bulls HQ, a Chicago Bulls podcast on the Blue Eyes Sports Podcasting Network. Thank you for joining me on this episode of the show, one that is brought to you by Indeed and Bet Online. Thank you to them for sponsoring the show. We are back again this week talking Bulls, talking Billy Donovan, and I wanted to get in a little bit more detail about Billy Donovan and who he is as a coach now that we've had some time to digest it all. We understand, obviously, that Donovan is the coach of the Bulls, and here to help me do that... Well, I, I, we're doing a bit of a Blue Wire crossover pod here. He's a co host of The Uncontested. The Uncontested is an OKC Thunder podcast on the Blue Wire Podcasting Network. He is Jacob Niffin, and he joins me now on the podcast. Jacob, how are you, mate? Hey, I'm doing great. Thank you so much for having me on. I really appreciate you. Uh, no problem, mate. I, I, look, the first place I looked, I suppose, in terms of uh, wanting to understand more about who Billy Donovan was, was uh, my, my, my first thing thinking was, uh, let's check the network on, on Blue Eye. Who, who do we have from a OKC point of view that we can get on, on Bulls HQ to make me a little bit smarter and hopefully educate the listeners as, as well as to who Billy Donovan is? And naturally, mate, uh, your name popped up. So thank you for joining me. Um and, and you know hopefully uh, making me a little bit smarter as to who Billy Donovan is, but I guess just firstly, what what was your general and and first high high level impressions about the news when you sort of saw Wojah uh, break the news earlier earlier today? Uh, pretty surprised. I think that's probably a lot
0: of people that you know it kind of came out of nowhere. I, I was yeah. not expecting this announcement. Um, honestly, I I did not know if Billy Donovan was maybe. Maybe the the Bulls wanted Billy Donovan. I wasn't quite sure if Billy Donovan would want the Bulls. I thought mm-hmm. a a team that was more geared to compete immediately, uh, a team maybe like the Philadelphia seventy sixers, uh, or maybe the New Orleans Pelicans, were more of a fit for Billy. Considering, you know, he he left Oklahoma City presumably because the Thunder are entering a rebuild and not going to be competitive anytime soon. Now, I do think the Bulls are are farther along in a rebuild than the Thunder are, so mm-hmm. that aspect of it makes a little bit of sense. But uh, yes, I, I was I was pretty surprised when I saw that the Bulls had hired him today. Uh, but then after seeing some of Woj's reporting, it seems like once Billy left Oklahoma City, the Bulls were on him quick and were uh, were very aggressive in trying to get him to come up to Chicago.
1: Yeah, look, I, I feel exactly the same. I mean, I, I, Billy Donovan and, and Kenny Atkinson were at the top of my list because of where the Bulls rebuild is at specifically now heading into year four of the rebuild. We're kind of at that interesting crossroads we've been through through yeah three years of of pain the last couple with Jim Boylan and we needed a bit of a refresh and just for this specific situation for the Bulls I was looking at experienced coaches and Kenny Atkinson was really the only coach that was linked to the Bulls job that had any previous uh, head coaching experience and then obviously as he sort of mentioned there once Donovan became available the Bulls had interest and that's kind of where I thought it would stop I didn't necessarily think Donovan would be interested in the Bulls because to your point uh, the, the Bulls are still a rebuilding situation, obviously further further down the road than than OKC. But given that the some of the available jobs out there, even Indiana and Philadelphia, as an example, I thought you know Donovan would be a, a real shot to land one of those gigs. So very very surprised myself, but um, it, it obviously it's, it's the way it's played out. I'm pretty damn happy. But uh, look, I, I know I have a general understanding of Billy Donovan as a coach, his philosophy, how he's sort of obviously gone in the NBA level and maybe. And obviously, you know, he's obviously had, a, 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 I think, 19 years coaching at Florida. So he's, he's got a ton of NBA or a, a less NBA experience, but a ton of coaching experience more generally. But yeah, how, how would you have rated Billy Donovan as a coach during his time at OKC? I'm just interested to get your thoughts on, on your general impression of, of, of Donovan's time at OKC. I thought Donovan was a great coach. Um, and you you have to take kind of
0: his coaching performance into context, Whenever he came to Oklahoma City, he took the job because he was coaching Serge Ibaka, Russell Westbrook and Kevin Durant all in their primes. Comes in in 2016 and really is a Clay Thompson barrage of threes in game 6 away <laughs> yeah. from making the NBA finals as a rookie coach. Like they were right there. Um obviously the next season he doesn't have Kevin Durant. The franchise looks or Serge Ibaka, franchise looks completely different. Uh, The roster looks different. That's the Russ MVP year. So he has massive roster turnover from year one to year two. Goes from year two to year three and adds Paul George and Carmelo Anthony. Uh, Year three to year four loses Carmelo Anthony, adds Dennis Schroeder. And then year five loses Russ and PG. So he hasn't had like a consistent roster his entire time in Oklahoma City, besides that first year in OKC, has not made it out of the first round, albeit he has been in the playoffs every year. So it's kind of tough to evaluate him because there nothing has been consistent for him. Now, I think this season is probably his most impressive coaching season. The Thunder came in with, I think, a 33-and-a-half game over-under. Uh, and blew that out of the water. Now you can uh, tr- uh, um, you can chalk a lot of that up to Chris Paul, right? Chris yeah. Paul was absolutely phenomenal for this team. Shea Gilgis Alexander made a jump. Danilo Gallinari was was very good for Oklahoma City, but you can't overlook the impact that Billy Donovan had. He is a coach that is very player first. He is a coach that does not want the the accolades or the recognition for what his team does. He wants his players to get those things. He kind of wants to exist in the background, and he really empowers his players. Those that, those are some of the biggest things about him. And then player development. He is a great, great coach in helping develop young players, uh, just become better basketball players on their own, and become better basketball players in the context of the team. And I think that makes him a really good fit for, like you said, a Bulls team that is in a rebuild, but is in the latter stages of the rebuild. They have the Kobe White. They have the Wendell Carter Jr. They have the Larry Markkinen. They have the number four pick coming in here in about a month and a half. And then from there, it's it's development and winning time, right? They've kind of already gone through that process, it feels like the Bulls have. And Billy Donovan is a great coach to bring in with those young guys to help them grow.
1: Yeah, I think that's a really good point. And, and look, that's something I wanted to obviously that's kind of the information I want to extract out of you I mean I think a lot of fans more casual fans or fans who obviously have their specific teams don't necessarily zone in on the Thunder like like myself let's say I, don't, I obviously don't follow the Thunder game to game as you do um, so you're much more, more versed in this sense but I think that's an interesting point that I wanted to sort of expand on you know Billy Donovan as a development coach because I think a lot of people just sort of assume, you know, Donovan came into the, in, into the league, like he sort of said, to, to, to win and to win around a team built around Durant and Westbrook. Obviously that changed quite a bit during his tenure there, but at the same time, uh, he has all those experience, years of experience, he's sort of developing players at a collegiate level so he's obviously got experience developing players less so in the nba but obviously at college but what are specific examples of 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 the the type of development you saw from donovan in specific players during his tenure through through throughout okc like what are specific examples that you can note so
0: as far as players are concerned a lot of the young guys that have come through oklahoma city have seen significant growth in their first year in the league um the first player I look at is Billy Donovan's actually his, his first draft with Oklahoma city was the year that they traded Sergi Baca to go get Victor Oladipo and DeMontis Sabonis. And a lot of people thought Sabonis would not play early on for this team. Instead, he started nearly the entire year uh, actually at the four, a little out of position for Domas. Um, so I think Domas is a good example there. Uh, recently, You have like Shea Gilgis-Alexander's leap from year one to year two was pretty substantial. Um, You look at this past season in 2019, they drafted Darius Baisley in the first round, a kid that didn't even play college ball. He took a New Balance internship. A lot of people thought he was going to be a G League guy all year. He ends up playing significant minutes in the playoffs. And then you also look at the 2019 draft, or I guess after the draft, when the Thunder pick up undrafted free agent rookie, Lugens Dort, who, Mm -hmm. you know, has become like the darling of the league. Uh, We we call him uh, the Lutang Clan, Uh, Lugens Dort, uh, you know, absolutely locking up James Harden in the playoffs. You also have guys like Hamadou Diallo, who was taken in the second round, uber athlete who really didn't have any refined basketball skill, who through Billy Donovan's tenure in the past two years in Oklahoma City. I mean, Hami has developed into uh, really a rotation player for this team. A-, a guy like Terrence Ferguson, who, albeit this year, has h- had a tough year. He also had a lot of off-the-court issues going on this year uh, that I think really impacted him professionally. But when you look at where Terrence Ferguson was coming over, actually from your neck of the woods in Australia, uh, yeah, play- yep. playing an Australian league, coming over back to the States, you know, that there wasn't really high expectations for him, and he ended up playing great. And I think that's part of Billy's development plan is he plays young guys. Uh, He is not married to a rotation. He, He gets people in and out all the time. He says his players always need to be ready and anybody can play on any given night. And he really tries to give those young guys a lot of time and a lot of burn in regular season games to get them that experience and get them comfortable. That way they're ready to go at any point in time. And I think that's big for development.
1: Yeah, I mean, look, that is that is music to my ears, certainly. and it, Even someone like, you know, Darius Baisley was sort of coming along from my vantage point, at least he was a player that was looking pretty good for OKC towards the back end of the season. And again, I, I guess it's hard to measure Billy Donovan from a development point of view when you're sort of on the outside looking in because the OKC Thunder, obviously a very good team, not necessarily having, you know, top line draft picks, but they've been able to consistently develop these guys into good role players into uh, yeah, just just quality role players who can just add to the depth of the roster. So in that sense, he's he's done a really good job from my vantage point. And you know, you're obviously saying something similar. But I, I guess one of the other uh, talking points surrounding Billy Donovan is the fact that you know he obviously is, he's been with the Thunder for four or five years he had access to a lot of high level players like Durant, Westbrook, Paul George, etc. so whatever success he did have in the NBA is more attributable to them than anything that he necessarily did. I, I don't know if I agree with that or not, but that's generally the the rhetoric that you sort of hear by certain pundits. I mean, how much stock should we Bulls fans be putting into that? Um and, and is there any credit or any or rather any merit to that sort of feedback? So, it it's kind of hard to say not
0: having been around, like personally around Billy Donovan. But every indication is that, uh, again, he is a guy that as a coach does not want the accolades. You look at him back at the University of Florida. He was not like a John Calipari. You know, John Calipari kind of is that Kentucky team. Billy wants to be more in the background, and he wants the players to, to kind of take ownership of the team and the players to get all the credit. I mean, there were times... This season, where Billy would call a timeout in the middle of the game, and not even get in the huddle, he would let Chris Paul just talk to the team, like empowering players uh, to step up and take ownership of the team. And as, as everything that we know now, you know, there has been some like back channeling that maybe Kevin Durant was not a fan of Billy Donovan, and that played a role in Kevin Durant leaving. As as far as I know, Billy and Paul George, great relationship. Uh, Billy and Russell Westbrook. Uh, I mean, I don't know how great of a relationship any coach has with Russell Westbrook. I, <laughs> I love Russell Westbrook to death. I bet yeah. all of his coaches drink heavily. Um, <laughs> you know, uh, Paul George, uh, Chris Paul had a great, great relationship with Sam, or with Billy Donovan. And, yeah. and Chris Paul's uh, kind of perceived goodbye video on Instagram after the end of the season uh, unpromptly brings up Billy Donovan and, and how great of a relationship and how great of a coach Chris thought that Billy was. So with those star players, I think there is very much a mutual respect. Actually, at the end of the 2018-19 season, uh, right before the Thunder traded away Russell Westbrook and Paul George, Dennis Schroeder actually had some interesting quotes in his exit interviews where he mentioned that Billy Donovan is a players coach. And he kind of alluded to maybe he gives a little too much power to the players. Like he let Chris, or sorry, not Chris, but Russ and PG kind of run the team maybe a little too much, and that Billy was maybe in the passenger seat a little too often. Um, I I, I think that definitely changed this year. But, you know, you could almost swing the pendulum to that opposite end, that maybe he's a little too much of a player's coach. I don't think there's anything really to that. I think that's probably more Dennis Schroeder was just a little upset at the time. But he's, he is definitely a guy that, that I think has great relationships with players. He, he is a relationship builder, which now you say you know, you're not well-versed in, in Oklahoma City basketball. Well, likewise, I'm not well-versed in Chicago Bulls basketball. But I get the vibe that Jim Boylan wasn't really a guy that valued relationships and, and empowering players very much. He kind of ran a tight ship. I think Billy Donovan is going to be very polar opposite in that aspect.
1: Yeah, it's it's funny that you mentioned that because the Bulls have a bit of a history now that we fans certainly at least might like to mock in the sense that they sort of oscillate between, uh, you know, a very player friendly coach. Then all you know they they move away from that and they to to correct that they go into a very hard ass type style of coach. Uh, we saw that with you know Scott Skiles and Vinny Del Negro, then Tom Thibodeau, then Fred Hoiberg, back to Jim Boylan, and now it seems like we're going more towards the, the player centric coach like with Billy Donovan, which probably is more. It makes a lot more sense as to where the league is at. It also makes a lot more sense as to the type of coach kind of us was sort of positioning this franchise to be in terms of the franchise being more of a player-friendly type uh, organization, which certainly wasn't the case under Jim Boylan. I mean, he's he didn't have a lot of good rapport with a lot of players. Let's let's put it that way. But in terms of, or just extending on the previous question that I asked, there uh, uh, coming back to the star players that Billy Donovan sort of had had uh, had 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 a bit of a luxury, I suppose, in terms of coaching during his first four or five years in the NBA. A lot of the other again not criticism, but a lot of the other sort of feedback or talk around Billy Donovan is that his offense is somewhat stagnant. And, and you know, if you think about Durant, Westbrook, Westbrook PG, Kamalo, those sorts of things, that the offense was highly predictable. A lot of pick and roll, uh, very isolation driven. Not a lot of, uh, not a lot of movement to it. Not much um, funk to the offense. I say, I guess for me, again, not being versed in OKC, I, I have a tr- I have trouble from my vantage point trying to understand it. is that Billy Donovan's ethos as a coach, the way he wants to play offense, or is that just come ba- again come back into the coming back to the players that he had available who are the type of players who typically like to go ISO or like to play pick and roll basketball, don't really exist in that motion style offense, which is something maybe that the Bulls are wanting to explore. How much of that is on Donovan? How much is that on players? How much is that on Donovan being able to, to sort of sell those players, maybe to shift their style? How does that all sit?
0: So, yeah, that's a great question. Um and I think you have to dig a little bit deep into that to get an answer. Billy Donovan can have a, uh, an offensive philosophy, but then so how good of a coach is he to convince those players to buy into that offensive philosophy, right? The the isolation-heavy basketball uh, for the first four years of his five years in OKC, um, again, I, I don't want to sound like I'm crapping on Russell Westbrook because I love Russell Westbrook. But we're just going to call a spade a spade, right? When you have Russell Westbrook on your team, your offense is going to be what it's going to be because Russ is, I mean, he's Russ. He's going to do what he wants to do. And I think that was the case uh, for a lot of Billy Donovan's tenure in OKC. He preaches very much ball movement, player movement. Ball movement, player movement. He wants guys uh, cutting baseline. He wants the ball working from one side of the floor to the other. He's a really big fan of of getting the ball to a playmaking big at the elbow and letting guys run off screens off that big. He did it a ton with Steven Adams. He did it a little bit with Domas Sabonis. I can envision him doing a lot with Wendell Carter Jr. He he loves that kind of offense as well. Now, getting players to buy into that is is a bit of a different story. Now, the Thunder from last season with Russell Westbrook and PG to this season with Chris Paul, Shea Gilgis-Alexander, Danilo Gallinari, they actually dropped in the league average or in the league rankings of assists per game, but they rose to like top six or seven in passes per game, where in previous seasons, the Thunder were like bottom five in the league consistently in passes per game. So even though they weren't racking up the assists, uh, the, the infamous three-point guard lineup that the Thunder ran, Dennis Schroeder, Chris Paul, Shea Gilgis-Alexander, was very good at driving, kicking, uh, finding the open man, or finding the mismatch and letting one of those point guards go to work. That's the kind of offense that Billy Donovan wants to run. He wants the ball to swing from side to side. He wants bodies moving and not being stagnant. He wants uh, like cuts and, and coming off screens. He really likes that high post motion offense um and he wants people attacking mismatches uh so i those stats on the passing uh specifically to me just kind of and showed what billy donovan wanted to run as a coach now is i think his philosophy will be more easily implemented in chicago where there's not a a superstar player who is going to command that the offense run a certain way uh, there's mm-hmm. not a Chris Paul, there's not a Russell Westbrook, there's not a Kevin Durant, and there's not a Paul George, right? I mean, the, yeah. the, the most offensively gifted player in Chicago right now is Zach Levine. I love Zach Levine, but he's not the kind of guy that you just, a player that you bow down to and you adjust your system to that player, right? He can yep. fit yep. more into a system. And so I think you're going to see a lot more success of Billy putting his offensive philosophy in play in Chicago, uh, which is, again, ball movement, player movement. And he, he loves pick and roll, and he loves working out of that high post. Perfect. See, and look,
1: that that's exactly why I got you on, because that, that is the context that I needed. That is the context that we Bulls fans probably needed as well, because I was probably leaning to what you were suggesting anyway, because, I mean, how much can you really control when you have Durant, Westbrook, and, and those sorts of things? I mean, any coach, r- regardless if it's Donovan or not, yeah, it's t- it's a tough order to sort of make or to redo or to to reshape those guys' careers, I suppose, to 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 a degree. But uh, I'm very pleased to hear what you said there, in p- in particular when you noted that point about Wendell Carter, because I think he's probably been the most misused ball during Boylan's tenure. So I'm interested to see how he uh, how Donovan sort of handles Wendell Carter. And I, look, I totally forgot that Sabonis was on the Thunder. It's been that long, I suppose. Yeah. The Thunder have gone through so many re- reiterations of their team that I even forgot Sabonis was on their team. And yeah, I, 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 now that I remember that, him passing from that sort of elbow area, even Stephen Adams to agree with his DHOs, that is the role that I would hope that Wendell Carter sort of has a more expanded role in the Bulls offense. So it is very pleasing to hear, hear that. And, and the Wendell Carter stuff. I mean,
0: Wendell Carter has drawn a lot of comps to like early Al Horford. Yeah, yeah. Well, Billy Donovan coached oh, Al course. Horford to yeah. back-to-back national championships in, in the University yeah. of
1: Florida. So he knows That's how to point. utilize those passing bigs. Perfect, yeah. Well, I mean, even, even better point. I mean, I, I've totally forgot about that too, but that makes complete sense. I want to continue talking about Billy Donovan, but first let's tell the listeners about this week's sponsors. First up, let me tell you about Indeed. Even though sports had a break, your business didn't. You have to keep moving and that makes hiring more important than ever. Indeed is here to help. Indeed.com is the number one job site in the world because Indeed gets you the best people fast. Unlike other sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. You only pay for what you need. You can pause your account at any time and there are no long term contracts. Plus, Indeed provides powerful tools to make your search that much easier. Like sponsored jobs, which are shown to be three and a half times more likely to result in a hire. With 73% of online job seekers visiting Indeed each month, Indeed is going to get you the important hire you need. Just like they have for three million businesses. Right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job post, which means more quality candidates will see it fast. Try Indeed out with free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. This is their best offer available anywhere. Go right now to Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Offer valid through September 30. I also want to tell you all about Bet Online. every day head to bet online today and take full advantage of all the great sign up bonuses don't forget to use promo code bluewire at betonline.ag that's bluewire all one word bet online your online sportsbook experts all right back to the podcast talking billy donovan with jacob niffen from the Uncontested Podcast, an OKC podcast here on the Blue Eye Sports Podcasting Network. Jacob, I want to talk more about Billy, Don- Billy Donovan's philosophy defensively because, again, the Thunder have gone through a lot of iterations of who the Thunder have been over the last few years. And and given the personnel has changed so dramatically over the last couple of years, I'm interested to know, has, has Donovan shifted from a defensive standpoint? It's, it's, it's pretty different when you go from having a team that has a Barker, Westbrook, and Durant, a very long, lengthy team, even Andre Robinson, you can add to that, to then going to a team where this, this season that just gone past where he's playing a lot of three-guard lineups. So I'm imagining his defense has changed somewhat, but maybe you can uh, educate me a little bit more on that.
0: Yeah, so the defense is a little bit different than the offense. Uh, I think he has a very firm offensive philosophy. I think his defensive philosophy more varies on his personnel. And the best uh, example I can give of that is in the Westbrook era in Oklahoma City. Again, your, the, your Bulls listeners are going to think that I'm just crapping all over Russ. It sounds so bad from a from a Thunder podcast. No, we love fun. Russell Westbrook. I'm just very willing to admit his flaws. And it's a little easier to admit those flaws now that, you know, he's down in Houston instead of in Oklahoma City. Yeah. Russell Westbrook. Absolutely infamous for dying on ball screens. If Russell Westbrook is guarding the ball and you screen him, he is going to switch, Um, which typically isn't the guy guarding the ball's job. It's the big's job to call the switch. Uh, But Russ Russ would die on everything. So during the Russell Westbrook era in Oklahoma City with Billy Donovan— the way they would defend ball screens, which is 90% of your offense in the NBA, is they would have the big hedge incredibly hard, whether it be Serge Ibaka, Stephen Adams, Carmelo Anthony, whoever. The big would step up off of the screen, pick up the guard, and try to make the guard make that wide turn to get around Mm -hmm. the corner, allowing somebody like Russ to get back into the play, and then the big would drop back. That changed this year, though. When you have three... Actually, four guards who were very good defensively, Chris Paul, Dennis Schroeder, Shea Gilgis-Alexander, and Lou Dort, who were willing to fight hard through screens to get back to the ball quick. When you have personnel and and guards at the point of the attack that can do that, uh, it allows you to change your defense. And so this year, the Thunder played a lot more drop coverage where whenever the big would come up to screen, either either Steven Adams, Nerlens Noel, Danilo Gallinari would instead um, play that drop coverage. They they would come up back to the level of the screen or a little bit under and play that middle ground between the ball handler and the roll man uh, because the guards were quicker to get over screens and get back to their man. So he's not a big zone guy at all. I don't think I've ever seen the Thunder play zone since Billy Donovan's been here. But defending ball screens is is absolutely essential in the NBA. And Donovan has been very flexible in how he goes about doing that based off his personnel. Uh, and this year, they were pretty successful uh, as a team defensively. They had guys that that were bought in defensively. They had smart, high-IQ defensive players. Obviously, you have Chris Paul on the team, maybe the highest IQ basketball player in the league right now. And they, they were able to adjust their scheme to fit their personnel better this year uh, when they had guards who, would, who were willing to to sacrifice their bodies, get through screens, get skinny over the top of screens, um, and stay with the play more often. So I think his defensive philosophy is a little
1: more fluid. Okay, well, I mean, look, that's perfect to hear because in some senses, the Bulls, specifically this season, they were playing a very trap-heavy defense, which is something, to your point, that OKC have played in the past when they had more of those athletes on board. When you, You can sort of play that style of basketball when you have you know, Russell Westbrook, Kevin Durant, Serge Ibaka, Andre Robertson, these sorts of huge big wing athletes. You can play that aggressive style of defense, but then to to understand that he's able to shift that up or recognize what his personality is good and what, what they're good at, what they're not necessarily as good at, maybe shift his ideals around that. That's pretty pleasing to hear because, again, coming back to what we've sort of had in Chicago the last couple of years under Boylan, but even Hoiberg, it kind of felt like it, the players had to fit within the coach's system and maybe the coaches themselves couldn't necessarily adjust to the specific players. So, again, that's that's really pleasing to hear because I don't think this Bulls roster is necessarily equipped with a lot of players who can play this sort of scheme, particularly if someone like Chris Dunn was to leave in free agency. So, that will be interesting to see how Donovan sort of goes through that situation. So, I'm pretty happy to hear that. So, I guess what I'm getting from you from both sides of the ball, being on offense beat on defense, he's really adaptable based on his personalities. Is that a fair summation?
0: Yes, I think that's that's very fair. And he he's going to be flexible and, and there's a balance there. You know, there's you can you don't want to be so rigid of a coach that it's my system and you have to fit and it's trying to shove a square peg into a round hole or a round peg into a square hole. I forget what the saying is. Yeah. But it's also, you can't just say, oh, we'll do whatever the hell the players want either, right? There's a balance there. And I think Billy Donovan is pretty good at at finding that balance. When you were talking about the, the defense of the Bulls over the past few years, one specific example came to my mind, and, and maybe you'll recall this, and maybe for you it's a bad memory. For me, it was pretty good. <laughs> but Chicago visited Oklahoma City this past season, I think it was in December, and had a sizable lead. And then Chris Paul completely went off in the fourth quarter. He ended up scoring like 40 because the bulls kept switching onto him. Yes. And he just, whoever switched onto him, it was just barbecue chicken. Chris just went to work. I don't think you're going to see that sort of philosophy with Billy. He's going to adjust on those and and make those changes. And I know that that's anecdotal, right? That's one game, uh, Mm -hmm. a, a small drop in the bucket, but that's what sticks out to me with, with bulls defense. I don't think you're going to see as much of that under Billy Donovan.
1: Okay, cool, cool. Well, look, uh, I I was very high on the hire. Uh, He's exactly the coach that I wanted to come into the Bulls situation for this specific timeline where the Bulls are at. So naturally going into this, I'm feeling pretty positive. You're, you're selling me quite highly here at the moment. So <laughs> Maybe I should uh, be my, Billy
0: Donovan's uh, agent or something. I don't know.
1: Maybe you're doing a pretty good job of it, but I guess it's only fair at the same time to maybe go into some of the critiques that maybe you had or just the general criticism that maybe Donovan received during his tenure. With with the OKC Thunder, obviously, we sort of touched on those sorts of things with, be it on the offensive, defensive end of the ball. But is there anything that, that else that we should be considering from a Bulls perspective that maybe, you know, Donovan is lacking in certain areas or there's certain storylines that we're just not aware of, again, from our vantage point that just may have been missed that maybe we should consider as Bulls fans with Donovan coming in? Is, is there any other criticisms that make sense to to sort of level out here and, and, and be fair and justified about it? Yeah, so,
0: I I mean... I feel personally, like in the NBA, when teams play good, uh, the players get the credit, and when teams play bad, the coach gets the blame. I, I feel like that's yeah. a, a pretty fair summation of yeah, of NBA basketball. So obviously, there's been a fair amount of finger-pointing uh, at Billy Donovan. Uh, most recently, and, and, and one of my finger-pointing experiences with him, um, was his adjustments in the playoffs. Now, his 2016 playoffs you ask really anybody who covered those Thunder series. like He outcoached Greg Popovich in that that Western Conference semifinals. He figured out the magic code to break down the Golden State Warriors in that Western Conference finals. He was incredible. But since then, there have been some critiques. So take that second playoff run, uh, the Russell Westbrook MVP year. Billy Donovan didn't try to use Victor Oladipo as the primary ball handler with the second unit until the closeout game. Before that, they were using um, Samaj Christian, which I don't expect you to know that name because that dude was awful. Um, I haven't heard that name in years. But, uh, <laughs> they, uh, you know, yeah, he, he, he refused to adjust until that closeout game. Um, you look at here in the bubble, playing against the Houston Rockets, whose biggest player on the court was 6'6", P.J. Tucker, but Billy Donovan consistently played a traditional big for all 48 minutes. He, he always had to have Adams or Nerlens Noel on the court, almost as like a, his safety blanket, uh, and wouldn't adjust when it made more sense to put Gallinari at the five or Darius Baisley at the five. So there are some critiques about his rigidness in not being able to adjust, which is funny because some of his other critiques are during the regular season, he'll play lineups you you never thought of. Uh, he'll throw out random groups of players just to see how they perform now, I like that aspect of Billy Donovan because it keeps your players engaged. If you have you know your your eleventh guy on the bench who comes in every night and never expects to play well, if you play him randomly in a game here or there, you keep that player mentally engaged in the game and I think that's good for your team and it helps to develop players right It, it helps them to to practice harder to work to want to get into more of those games it's it's kind of that uh, that positive reinforcement. And so I do like that aspect of him, but some people argue about that. Oh, we we should have won this game against the, the New Orleans Pelicans, but Billy Donovan pulled this random lineup out for, for seven minutes in the third quarter that got outscored by 15 points and that lost them the game. To me, Billy comes across as a coach that doesn't worry as much about win-loss in the regular season. He's more trying to get his team to play the best basketball they can play at the end of the year. Now, with a rebuilding team that's trying to push for the playoffs in the Chicago Bulls, obviously those regular season games matter. Um, But I think it's more of a, a personal opinion on... What's more important, the end of the race or the middle of the race type of argument? And so there's a little bit of that criticism to him as well. Um, But overall, I think if you're making a pros and cons list of Billy Donovan, there's a lot more pros than cons. I mean, this guy is a surefire uh, basketball hall of fame type of guy uh, for what he did, what what he's done in the NBA and especially what he did in the college game. And he's he's there for a reason. He he lasted five years in Oklahoma City. He got the job in Chicago for a reason. He is a high quality coach.
1: Is it fair to say that he would still be in OKC if he if he wanted the job too? Like it's it doesn't feel like he's sort of kicked out to the curb. Maybe I maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it's just from my vantage point. But it seems like he had a job there if he wanted it.
0: Yeah. So from all the reporting that's been done, the Thunder reportedly offered him a two year contract extension. Uh, during the hiatus, which he turned down, and they yep. tabled discussions till the end of the season. Uh, and really what it seems like and what's coming from the Thunder front office, which it, it's hard to take what they say at face value. Not that they're intentionally lying, but they play their cards very close to the vest.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I, I, I just don't think that Sam Presti and the Thunder front office are able to tell Billy Donovan what this team looks like two, three, four, five years down the line because they're not really sure, right? The, the plan is to get rid of Chris Paul, to get rid of Dennis Schroeder, uh, to either trade or let Steven Adams expire, and to turn the keys over to these young guys, these, these 21-year-old kids, and then you know make selections or trades with the five million draft picks that they have <laughs> and and push forward. And for Billy Donovan, again, he came into the NBA, he made the leap as one of the best college coaches ever, to the NBA because he was going to get to coach Russell Westbrook and Kevin Durant and had the shot at titles. That is long gone out the window here in Oklahoma City and so him making a change just kind of felt natural. All everything that's been said makes it seem like the job was Billy's he chose to walk away.
1: Yeah, that that was my read from it but you know, he, assuming he wanted to stay, it seems like he could have been almost a career coach in OKC. So uh, again, to me that I read that as a positive. I guess coming back to the criticisms, again from my vantage point it's it's things like the ATOs that maybe I had some questions about, specifically in that in that Houston series, that last player that that sort of got bungled up. Um and not, not not necessarily the last player. I, I can't even remember now that it's a few weeks ago. But the the play where everyone was sort of suggesting that maybe the pass should have been thrown to Stephen Adams for the lob. Then I probably don't have Stephen Adams in in that situation. But again, these are the types of criticisms that you can label on every single coach that is pretty much coached ever i mean even greg popovich has been criticized for certain rotation decisions certain play calls etc so i don't know how relevant that necessarily is and i guess one of the other criticisms that i hear specifically amongst bulls fans and this was probably generally well certainly not now but maybe a week ago when he was so sort of first connected to the job was you know easy to- Is he a really elite coach? Is he a top level coach? Is he a championship level coach? Those sorts of questions, and I guess my natural reaction to that is like, it doesn't really, it's not even relevant to the Bulls at this point. I mean, we haven't been in the playoffs for the last number of years. We just need a guy that can come in and get the Bulls from A to B, let's say, or you know, whatever, whatever whatever juncture they need to get to the they just need that connecting coach and maybe donovan is that championship level coach down the line in a few years time who the hell knows obviously a lot of things need to break right for the bulls if that's ever to sort of materialize but what they really need at this point is just some some level of professionalism competence and someone that can sort of grow or develop a roster and from what i'm hearing it donovan is pretty much sounding like the perfect option to do that
0: yeah and from an outsider's perspective, looking at the Bulls, the restructuring of the front office, uh, hiring Billy Donovan, all these things that the Bulls have done, to me, signal they are on the right track. And uh, I'm with you. I, I don't know if Billy Donovan is a an NBA champion coach. I don't think the Bulls need to worry about that right now. You're not. No offense. You're not competing for a championship. Yeah, of course. You know, over the next few years, you know, Uh, that's going to take time. Um, Not to hijack your podcast here, but can I flip and ask you a question? Yeah, of course. Okay, so the Bulls have now taken not well; they didn't take Billy Donovan from Oklahoma City, but they have a former Oklahoma City coach. Um, The Bulls are are kind of in this middling position where they could push for the playoffs next year. Uh, Don't have a lot of veteran leadership. Do you think there's any chance the Bulls come back to Oklahoma City, maybe looking for a uh, a point Chris guard Portray. who just won second team All NBA? <laughs>
1: I'm glad you asked this question because that was literally going to be one of my final questions <laughs> to you, and you were speaking to the right person because uh, outside of the players on this Bulls roster, and maybe even maybe even more so than these Bulls players' rosters, there's only I have probably two favorite players in this NBA, maybe three if if I if I add Nikola Jokic, but they are Jimmy Butler. And a lot of people are probably sick of me talking about Jimmy Butler, particularly during these playoffs. But the other player who, you know, I just adore is Chris Ball. So I am, um, extremely biased. The contract worries me some, particularly if uh, if a lot, I know a lot of Bulls fans have grand plans of of um, maybe luring Giannis in 2021 during free agency. Uh, I think those, it's maybe a bit of a pipe dream, but I know a lot of fans aren't on board with the whole idea for Chris Paul because it maybe takes away from that cap luxury of cap flexibility, rather. Uh, me trying to be a little bit more rational about it, I think the next year or two is more important. I don't think the Bulls are getting that sort of max level free agent, so I would be okay in you know, taking a punt on someone like Chris Balls, particularly given how good he looked this season. And I think this Bulls team, what they've been lacking throughout the last three or four years is just some veteran leadership, as you sort of alluded to, but specifically from the point guard position. And the minute you sort of rebuild a franchise and you start rebuilding around two young big men in Larry Mark and and, and Wendell Carter, and then you bring through players like Kobe White and Zach Levine who could score the ball really well for themselves but can't necessarily create for others, then... I guess you're just setting up a problem where those big, those big men that you're starting to build around aren't necessarily going to be, you're not going to extract the best value out of them. So this team needs that lead creator, that primary creator. And I think Chris Paul could be that for the first, you know, 44 minutes of a game. And then maybe you close with Zach Levine taking the offense down the line or or whatever it may be. So you would certainly talk, talking to the right person. I, I'm, I'm on board with uh, trying to manufacture some sort of deal for CP3. Uh, I don't know how uh i don't know how many other bulls fans maybe share my view on that but um i don't know what what does a fair deal like look like for cp3 what would you be prepared to accept so well b- before i i throw out
0: like a hypothetical there um yeah i i assume you know this i don't know but kobe white actually played yeah. for chris's a really aau point. team i believe uh yep. chris has a great relationship with billy donovan and mm-hmm. You can go, there's receipts. You can go back and listen to the podcast The Uncontested did after the Russell Westbrook for Chris Paul trade. And we were very, very down on Chris Paul. Like, yeah. I was like, I don't even want him in Oklahoma City. Like, don't even put him on a plane. <laughs> right now, I will tell you, not as a basketball player, but as a man, Chris Paul yeah. is one of the most impressive leaders I have ever seen. Uh Um, If if Chris Paul ran for political office, he would have my vote in a heartbeat. This man is a natural leader. The the impact he had on Shea Gilgis-Alexander and Darius Baisley, absolutely profound. I think in four to five years from now, you're going to watch Shea Gilgis-Alexander play basketball and you're going to say that season with Chris Paul was maybe the most important thing in that kid's career. I mean, those two were inseparable. Chris was putting Shay on private planes with him, flying him out to California early before the Thunder would play like a Lakers game to spend time with his family. They watch film in each other's hotel rooms. They eat dinner together all the time. He is the consummate professional. Uh, and for somebody who uh, really crapped on Chris Paul earlier on, uh, I could not be more proud to have not that basketball player, but that man represent my city and wear my city's name on his chest. An absolutely incredible human being. With that being said, uh, I've I've kind of flirted around with this, right? Like both of our teams are not playing in the bubble right now, so mm-hmm. we have more than enough time to kill on the trade machine. Uh, <laughs> you know, something like an Otto Porter Jr., um, a, a Thomas Saderanski, and what, like a, a future lightly protected pick for Chris Paul? Um, yeah. You know, I, I don't know if the Bulls want want to, you know, punt on one of those picks, but like a 2021, like top 10 protected, a, a 2022 uh, top six protected um, for Chris Paul. And in return, the Thunder take back, obviously that expiring Otto Porter Jr. contract. I think something like that makes a little bit of sense. Um, the Bulls obviously get to keep all their young guys, get to keep Zach, um, you know, you, you could swap out, you know, a, a Thomas Sadoransky for a, um, uh, oh gosh, why am I forgetting his name? Who's that? Thad the, Young? Thad Young, yeah. You could swap him yeah. out for like a Thad Young, which makes the, the money match up a little bit better. Um, mm-hmm. but, but something like that, I think the Thunder would be very, very interested in. Um, it's kind of wild. The Thunder got, uh, got two picks and two swaps for trading Russell Westbrook. And it's looking like they're going to get another pick for trading Chris Paul.
1: Yeah, I mean, yeah, Sam, Sam Presti is a genius. Again, I, I love the work that he's done. And before the Bulls hired us, so I was hopeful that maybe they could uh, pry out Sam Presti out of OKC just, just based on the work that he's consistently done. But yeah, it's funny that you mentioned that CP3 trade because I literally floated it on Twitter this morning, half jokingly just through the haze of the excitement of everything that was sort of going on with Donovan. But I was kind of, there was some seriousness to it in the sense that, you know, I was sort of suggesting that, you know, the Bulls are obviously bringing through Billy Donovan. Maybe they should bring uh, bring through Chris Paul too. You've got Otto Otto Porter's expiring. Thad Young can be in expiring given that second year or that third year rather is only partially guaranteed. And then maybe if you attach a draft pick to it, maybe it doesn't have to be an unprotected pick, but as you sort of suggested, some sort of protections on those picks then maybe that becomes pretty appealing for OKC because that sort of frees up their cash position, enables them to jump into the rebuild and obviously for the Bulls, they get that coach on the court which would be obviously huge and may even helping that development of those players so you look i'm totally on board with it you don't have to sell me on it but uh maybe there's some listeners on here that maybe don't agree with it but um i'm very into it but i i guess the the last question i had for you and maybe taking it away from the bulls and now that i've got you on here and just be interested to get your thoughts on where do where to okc pivot from here because obviously they know well, they knew Donovan was gone. They're they're obviously going to do their own coaching search, uh coaching search of sorts. But we're assuming the CP three trade happens. We're assuming a rebuild happens. But where are you? Where are your uncontested un- listeners? Sort of sort of positioning the Thunder going forward.
0: Yeah. So for the coaching search, uh, that is fascinating because the Thunder. This will be the second, or I guess technically the third coach they'll hire in their Oklahoma City era uh they they obviously passed uh let p j Carlissimo go and brought in Scott Brooks, who was just the assistant uh when they let Scott Brooks go there wasn't really a coaching search. we all thought there would be, but there was one guy on the list, and it was Billy Donovan uh Billy Donovan and Sam Presti had a long standing relationship before that. There was no interview multiple people go through the 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 process and make a decision. They knew they were getting Billy donovan i don't think they know who they're going to get this time. And my assumption, I don't know any of this for sure, but my educated guess would be that they are not hiring a former head coach. They're going to get an assistant. They're going to get somebody from the college ranks. They're going to get somebody, number one, that they don't have to pay a whole heck of a lot on their first contract. They're going to get somebody young who is willing to grow with the team. And they're going to get somebody that is okay with losing in their first few years as a head coach. I would not be shocked if the Thunder uh, hire somebody in their 30s for this head coaching position. I I think that's kind of the direction they're going to go. Um, With that being said, I think you hit the nail on the head. They're going to look to trade Chris Paul. I think Chris has value. I think there's going to be multiple suitors this offseason. Once Chris goes, then you're looking at deals for Dennis Schroeder. I don't know if they'll be able to trade Steven Adams. Uh, but you're looking at Steven Adams trades and you're handing the keys to those young guys and you're utilizing those draft picks you have in the future. Um, I don't think they are. A lot of people like to float out the idea like the Thunder have all these picks. If, if Bradley Beal wants out, the Thunder could go trade and get him. If, if Carl Anthony towns wants out, they could go get him. I think it is way more likely that the Thunder will trade draft picks for better draft picks. Um, there's a prevailing thought kind of amongst OKC media members that the next great Thunder player is probably in high school right now. And so yeah, they're going to yeah. utilize those picks instead to go get a vet to move up to, to number one in a draft, number two in a draft, to go get a guy that they really, really like. Because if you go get Bradley Beal, he could walk in two years. But if you draft a guy, you have their restricted free agency rights and you control that guy for the foreseeable future. That's how a small market team like Oklahoma City has to operate. That's how they've suggested they will operate. That's how they've operated in the past. Uh, So all context tells us is that that's what this team will look like moving forward.
1: Yeah, look, I I think OKC are obviously in a fantastic position. They've got all those picks coming from the Rockets, from the Clippers. Who the hell knows where else? I mean, they've obviously got Shea already. They're in a very good position. Obviously, you can trust Sam Presti to make the right decision. So I'd be pretty confident if I was a Thunder fan. But yeah, very interesting to see how it all plays out. I'm sure you guys are all pretty happy about it. I think you're right that they probably do go... Uh, you know, an, an untried coach, maybe an assistant within the league or a college coach, as you sort of referenced there. It would be interesting to see if some of the coaches that will link to the Bulls job, like a Wes Unsell Jr. or a Darvin Ham or whoever it may be, may get a look in with the OKC job now that they obviously aren't going to get the the Bulls job. But yeah, very interesting. I was hoping I could sell you maybe on Jim Boylan, maybe being <laughs> your next head coach, but it doesn't sound like you're interested in that yeah, one. Yeah, uh,
0: I'm not putting my money down on that one. <laughs> no, there enough, will no enough. be bet online uh, bets from me. On oh, no. Jim Boylan to the Thunder.
1: <laughs> very wise, very wise. But uh, look, um, I had to get that last parting shot in there. Particularly now that I'm on, I'm riding the wave here with Billy Donovan being um, Bulls coach. I'm pretty happy about it. But look, Jacob, I appreciate you coming on, mate. I think the context that you have added to this conversation around who billy donovan is is very important for us bulls fans i know we like to make assumptions as to how things sort of played out in different franchises whether it's players coaches executives but really if we're not following a team day to day then it's hard for us to truly comment on that and that's why we need to get the experts of those teams on shows like this so i really do appreciate you coming on uh before you get away mate tell the people where they can follow you online the podcast your twitter etc how, how can people get a hold of you
0: Awesome. So I am on Twitter at Jacob Niffen. Uh, last name is K-N-I-F-F-E-N. Our podcast, The Uncontested, is also on Twitter at the underscore uncontested. And you can find our podcast anywhere you download your pods at. Uh, we as well are on the Blue Wire Podcast Network. We drop podcasts at least twice a week. Um, so if you're interested in listening to some, some Oklahoma City talk and uh, us fantasize about all those draft picks and where we can trade Chris Paul to, uh, feel free to tune in.
1: <laughs> Perfect. Uh, uh, Look, uh, uh, people most certainly should be doing that. Obviously, follow Jacob, follow the uncontested, follow all the pods on the Blue Eye Network, to be frank. But yeah, look, again, thank you, mate. I really do appreciate you coming on. This was really important for me to learn more about Billy Donovan's. I'm I'm, I'm speaking for the Bulls fans listening to this as well. I think this has been a, a valuable resource. So again, thank you very much.
0: Yeah, thanks for having me. I enjoyed it.
1: Perfect. Thank you again to Jacob for coming on the show, Bulls fans. I hope you enjoyed this one. Hopefully, you know a little bit more about Billy Donovan, who he is as a coach, what he potentially can bring to the Bulls as hit the new Bulls head coach. I hopefully you enjoyed this podcast. You're more informed. I certainly am. So thanks again for Jacob to coming on to onto, onto the podcast. Follow me on Twitter if you want to as well at MK Hoops. Follow the show on Twitter too, Bulls HQ Pod. Send us an email, Pod at gmail.com. Hit me up on the email if you want to join the BullsHQ Discord channel. If you want to be be part of that talking about Billy Donovan anything Bulls related in the chat forum come join us send me an email but that just about does it for this episode of Bulls HQ thank you for stopping by we'll be back again very soon to talk more draft but until then this has been Bulls HQ speak soon Bulls fans